prayer, in a series of prayer. Anybody been getting anything out of this? It's been helping, hadn't it? Isn't that good? Isn't God good when he helps us with that stuff? I'm so grateful for that, amen? It's just like, man, we got new wisdom, new revelation, and God's showing us some stuff, and that's why we're here, right? This isn't just checking a box for us. Is that true? Church is is who we are. It's what we do. We gather together so we can hear from heaven. We can get charged up and energized for the week. Amen. Come together and encourage and build each other up. True? So that's what we're doing. Amen. God is good. Thank you, Lord. All the time. All the time. Thank you, Lord. So today marks the 46th anniversary of my parents saying, I do. Yeehaw. And I'm especially grateful for that because I'm here. <laughs> Amen. And uh, it was an off again, on again romance, I'll tell you that. But the Lord worked it out. And uh, praise God, I'm grateful for it. Because I could look completely different. I might not look like this person at all. But I'm grateful I do. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So if you want to say something to him later, you can. But I just wanted to mention that because God is good. God is good. Faithfulness is, faithfulness is a big deal. Amen. I want to remind you about David Fleming. He's coming at the end of the month. He's going to be here October 27th in church uh, preaching to us, but he's also going to be here that weekend, the 25th, Friday, and the 26th, Saturday. I encourage you to clear your calendar and come and, and uh, visit with us. Friday night will be a great session. He is um, just especially anointed in helping people understand and recognizing their gifts in the body of Christ and activating them into the church and into the kingdom. And uh, that is extremely valuable for believers, amen? Because when you start finding your gifts and your talents and what God has put in on the inside of you to be a blessing to other people, the lights start coming on. And so I encourage you to be here. We're gonna do a couple sessions on Saturday morning as well with lunch provided. So um, just come, it's gonna be real good. And uh, I want you to, guys to make sure you get that on your calendar. David Fleming, got it? Pretty good? Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so we're in a series um, on prayer. And how many of you know we can't exhaust that subject in just a handful of of weeks. Did you know that? But we can cover some stuff that's real, real good, and it's for us, and then the Lord will lead us into something else that's going to build on what we learned previously. And I don't know if you've found that out in your own Christian life, but there's some things you learned 20 years ago that, that helped you yesterday. There's some things you learned 10 years ago that you wouldn't have got had you not learned the lesson you got 20 years ago. And it's just, this is progressive. This is something that the Lord teaches us, and we build, and we grow, and then he gives us something else. Amen? We don't do that to our kids, right? We don't hand them uh, Iliad and the Odyssey to read. Right off the bat, we give them, right, uh, Clifford the Big Red Dog, right? That's what, they learn this stuff first, and they start putting that stuff together. And how many of you know we're, we're kind of in that same boat with the Lord? On, a, on an information and an understanding level, we're at the Clifford the Big Red Dog level, right? We're just learning some, just some basics that he's trying to get into us to help us to, in this life. And how many of you know we're going to keep learning? throughout eternity. It's a long time. All right. This is faith school. I like to call it faith school. That's what we're in right now. It's faith school. Amen. Did you guys come expecting this morning? Do you know it matters how you come to church? When you come ready to receive and expecting, Lord, I'm going to hear from you. That matters how it comes out. Do you know that? Come on, say this with me. I believe I receive what God has for me today. I expect it. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, now that'll open up your heart right there. Just saying that out of your mouth will just open you wide open to what the Lord has to speak into your life. Amen? 
So we're going to build a little bit about what, on what we had last week and um, what we had in the previous week. So let's look at our, um, our text, James chapter 5. Let's look at James chapter 5. Thank you, Jesus. Man, there's a way to rejoice no matter what's going on. You love the snow, you're rejoicing. It was easy this morning. You're not, you don't like the snow, it was a little harder this morning. But you can rejoice at any time, amen? Thank you, Lord. James chapter 5, verse 16. It says, The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And the Amplified says, The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Come on, prayer is important. Prayer is important. Amen? We got to have something on the inside of us that's just going to go after some things of God. Amen? So we want to be effective. Anybody figured that out? If you're going to pray, right, if we're going to take the time and set it aside, let's make sure that we're effective, right? Right? Let's be disciplined. Let's get after it. Let's make sure that this has an impact and not just shotgun praying and hope something sticks out there somewhere. That's just not effective. True? We can be laser-like and focused in our prayer. Did you know that? The Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you in prayer so that you can hit the target every time. Think about that. Gone are the days where we just shotgun pray and just, well, let's just cover it all and hope something sticks. Lord, lead me, help me, show me. Help me to be effective with my time. Right? Anybody in here just like to waste time? You just get giggles out of just wasting time. You look back at a day waste and just go, man, that felt good. Right? I get to the end of the day, if I didn't accomplish at least something on the list, you're like, what in the world was I doing? Right? Thank you, Lord. Hebrews chapter 6 talks about the doctrine of baptisms. And we got to understand that the most effective prayer in any moment is the, a prayer that is led by the Holy Spirit. That's the most effective prayer for the time, led by the Holy Spirit. And as believers, right, born of the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, we're to be led by the Spirit. That's what we're called to do. That means in every area. And especially when we're doing something spiritual, like praying, we're to be led by the Spirit. Amen? And so last week, we, we dove into uh, the doctrine of baptisms just because Paul made mention of it in Hebrews 6, and he said, we're not going to lay again the foundation, the, the beginning, the, the elementary principles of the word, and he listed the doctrine of bat- baptisms, and there are three baptisms, and we talked about this last week, that there's a baptism that the Holy Spirit does into Jesus, right, where we are born again, we're saved, we give our heart to the Lord, amen, that's eternally changing our destiny forever, and that's the Holy Spirit's work to baptize us into Jesus so that we're born again. And then we saw there's another baptism and it's called water baptism. And that's where a fellow believer, a disciple or follower of the Lord will baptize another believer, a new convert. Somebody that says, yep, I'm ready. Let's let's get baptized. And they are baptized in water. It doesn't have to be the preacher or a minister. It can just be a fellow believer. And we do that because that's our public expression of saying, "I'm, I'm the Lord's. I'm giving it up for him. I am going down in the water just like Jesus went into the grave dead, that old man is gone, and now I'm coming up to new life. This is me, the new me. You've never seen this one before, right? It's our public declaration, and that's the second baptism. And guess what? There is a third baptism, and Jesus is the baptizer in the third baptism, and he baptizes us, new believers, into the Holy Spirit. And in all four gospels, everybody say all four. All four gospels mention Jesus, and say specifically, he is the one that will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Now we get to see what this looks like when Jesus is ascended and he's, and he's talking to his disciples and he says, 
I've commissioned you to go into all the world and preach the gospel, to cast out devils, speak with new tongues. I've given you this commission. He said, but don't get started until the Holy Spirit has come. You've got to go to Jerusalem and wait. You've got to wait on the Holy Spirit because you do not want to do this without him. And so they did. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came and he flooded that place. And they were all there with one accord, waiting on, expecting to receive the Holy Spirit just like Jesus promised. And the Holy Spirit came and filled them to the full. Amen? And this is the third baptism. Now, if there's baptisms that are clearly outlined, and we went through this last week, I don't have time to go through all the scriptures again. They're there. Go back and listen to it if you didn't get to hear it. They're there. But if there's three baptisms, and the church is kind of at odds about these baptisms, which is interesting to me because everyone, come on now, is there anybody that Jesus did not die for? Is there anybody in the, on the planet that Jesus didn't shed his blood for? Human beings, come on now. It was us, right? Salvation is available to to everyone, right? What about water baptism? Is there anybody in, that was born again that gave the heart to the Lord that we would say, hmm, that's not for you? Anybody? Can you think? We would say, no, let's do it right now. People are getting baptized in tubs in their homes all over the world just because that's the closest water they could get to, right? We wouldn't say no to that, would we? It's for every believer. Is that true? There's a third baptism the Bible talks about. There's a third baptism to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus baptizes us into the Holy Spirit. Is there anybody that we would say or that the Lord would say, that's not for you? Come on now, it's just, it's progressive, right? And the church world, you know, as a whole, there's a lot of different denominations and polls and religious beliefs, but they believe, Christians believe that this third baptism happens all at once at the first baptism, that you have all the Holy Spirit that you could ever need or want. But the truth is Jesus said, Go and wait in Jerusalem because there's more. There's more. There's another baptism. And I can't send him until I go to the Father. Remember he said that? I've got to go there. That's because Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. He's the one that does the work. So let's look at a couple scriptures where people were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Can we do that? Is that okay? Acts chapter two. Acts chapter two. What does it look like? What's different? Well, let's look. Acts chapter two. You guys doing Okay. Thank you, Lord. Acts chapter two, verse one. Says this, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. One sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and it began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So, this is highlighted and underlined in my Bible so I can see it every time I open this section. So it comes, it comes right up and jumps right at me. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So here's, here's the controversial subject. And it shouldn't be controversial because for, for us, it's black and white and red all over, right? This is, this is, it's in here. The disciples were filled and they spoke in other tongues. It was unknown language to them. That's what happened. Now, let's talk a little bit about our mouth. We said this a little bit last week. If, if what we say is so important, what, the words that come out of our mouth, and we see this all through scripture. Bible says in James, guard your tongue, right? It says that if you can bridle your tongue, you're able to bridle your whole body also. If you can not stumble in word, you can be perfect. Scripture, James, it's in there. Go read it. It's in there. If you can not stumble in word, you can be perfect. That means... There's a battle over the words you say. Is that true? 
There's a battle over the words you say. Now, God knows this, and he needs human beings. He needs believers in the earth to speak his word, to speak and pray like he has, like he needs. You know that, that God needs us? He has chosen to partner with us. That's his, his plan, his design. If he could do anything, anytime, any way he wanted, right, he'd make everybody get saved, and we all go to heaven right now. He, he needs us to partner with him. He needs us to be willing to preach, to share, to present the gospel to people, to pray over people. He needs us to do that. There are people that are on their way to hell right now that they need our, our impact, our influence, our words. True? So if words are important, you gotta understand that there's gonna be a battle over your mouth and what you say. Now, God knew this. In his infinite wisdom and knowledge, his idea of the Holy Spirit coming, of Jesus baptizing us in the Holy Spirit, is for us as believers to yield our mouth to him and pray in other tongues, to pray in the Spirit. That means you can pray mysteries. The Bible says that speaking in other tongues is a mystery. You're praying mysteries to God. Think about that. God in his wisdom said, man, I need to get words in their mouth and they won't even understand it, but their spirit prays. Their spirit prays. You can accomplish things by speaking out of your mouth even when you don't understand it. Come on, this is, this is the... The act of God in the book of Acts, and we get to see it over and over again. Let's look, let's look at a couple. Can we do that? We saw a little bit of this last week. Let's look at it again. Acts chapter, let's go over to Acts chapter 19. <clears throat> you guys doing okay? Everybody warm enough? It feels like the surface of the sun up here. I'm just telling you that right now. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Acts chapter 19. Paul comes to Ephesus. All right, this is the, the Ephesian church that we get the letter that Paul wrote to the Ephesians. He comes to Ephesus and he found, finds some disciples in verse one. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what were you baptized? And they said, we were baptized into John's baptism. And Paul said, indeed, bap John baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, that's the water. And when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with other tongues, and they prophesied. And the, and the men that were there were, was about 12 in all. Now, when he prayed for all 12 of them, they all got filled with the Spirit, and they all spoke in other tongues. Who did the speaking? What did the Bible say? Come on, let's read it again. It says, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they. Who's they? The they is the, the men that they were praying for, right? They spoke in other tongues and prophesied. So speaking in tongues is not weird for Christians. This is normal. This was so normal that when Paul showed up to someplace new, he just said, hey, did you guys get baptized in the Holy Spirit yet? And they are like, we don't even know what you're talking about. He goes, well, let's just take care of that right now. And he, and, they, and he corrected it, and they got the water baptism, and he laid hands on them, and they spoke in other tongues. All of them. Now, it does not say that the Holy Spirit possessed them, and out of their control, they just lost all function and just babbled some unknown. It didn't say that, did it? It said that they spoke. They spoke. So we've got to get rid of this misconception that somehow, if we're filled, that it's just going to happen some boisterous, random way. It doesn't work like that. We have to yield our mouths Amen. to the Spirit of God to pray in other tongues. We have to yield to it. Does that make sense? I've heard people say, man, if I get filled with the Spirit, what am I gonna do if I'm like grocery shopping and it just comes on me and I'm in aisle three and I just, I just burst out? It doesn't work like that. 
It doesn't work like that. It's, it is completely up to you praying from your spirit. You turn it on, you turn it off. Truly. Truly. And so throughout Acts, in chapters 8, we see this. Let's go over there. Chapter 8, we see Simon. Simon the sorcerer, right? That was his title. <laughs> Great, right? We know where he stands. The sorcerer. Witchcraft. He's doing all kinds of evil stuff. But Simon heard the gospel, preached, and believed. He said, well, that's the Savior I want. Let's, let's give our heart to him. And was following the disciples around. And he was watching what they were doing. And in verse 14, it says this, Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria, the town, had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. And when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for he had fallen, on none of, fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now look at this, verse 18, and it says, And when Simon saw, everybody say saw. Come on, there's something happened that he saw after they laid hands on him. Well, what was it? It's the same thing we've been reading in Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 19, Acts chapter 10. When they saw, he saw something happened, right? And he's a brand new believer. So he wasn't in some spiritual trance where he saw some mystical thing happen. He saw with his physical eyes, there's something changed right now. And he tried to buy it. He was like, give me, I'll give you money. Give me that power so that when I lay hands on people, they'll get filled with the spirit. And speak in tongues like, like I just saw that happen. Do you remember that? It's right here. And he said, when I saw them do this, he, the laying on the hands, the, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money. Give me this power also. Something they could see. Something was tangible. There's an evidence of this that happens when we're filled with the Spirit. It's there. Now listen to me. If you have asked, if you've been in a situation where you said, Lord, I want to receive the Holy Spirit. I see it in your word. I see it in your word. But you haven't yet had that experience of praying in other tongues, it's still in you. It's still there. Do you know that? And he's just, he's just ready, willing, and able to help you, to train you, to teach you. That's part of my job as a pastor. I can't avoid this subject. Come on now, there's churches all over the world right now that will not teach on this because it's controversial. I think it's the most important prayer a believer can pray. You can pray the mysteries, the perfect will of God in any situation and be led by the Spirit. It is amazing, and it's a gift to the whole church. Come on, we could have a testimony service right now of folks, just since you've been here, just said, yeah, I want it, and got filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke in other tongues. The reason why is because we teach on it and we believe it. Do you understand that? If we left it alone and I never talked about it, guess what? It, it, doesn't, it doesn't come when you don't talk about it. It's not, faith doesn't come unless you hear it. Hearing by the word, right? You, we've got to hear it. That's why I'm tasked with this. I believe with this all of my heart, 100%. This is for every believer for this church age. Because the Bible says when Jesus comes back and we see him as he is, then we won't need speaking in tongues anymore. And we won't need prophecy. It's for this age. It's for this time. It's for us. It's for believers. All of us. Okay. So let's... Let's knock down a few roadblocks that you might have, scripturally speaking, because I've heard these, these um, other teachers teach, trying to explain away how it's for every believer. And it, it is for every believer, but let's look at the scripture. Amen? Can we do that? You guys okay? Still love me? I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. Thank you, Lord. 
I want to I touch on this too, and you can go back and look at this, but the scripture we read in 19, Acts 19, the scripture that we read um, in Acts 2 and in Acts 10, you'll see this, that the scripture specifically says that the Holy Spirit came upon them, right? It came upon them. So there's a spirit of God on the inside when you're born again. You cannot be born again and give your heart to the Lord without having the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Amen? Cannot happen. But there's another experience where the Holy Spirit comes upon you and fills you to the full. And when you release that gift and you open your mouth and speak, you can pray in other tongues. Amen? All right, we're gonna look at it. We're gonna look at it. Stay with me. Don't shout me down yet. Come on now, stay with me. Let's look at Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. Do you know the book of Acts is being lived out right now? It ends for us in a chapter, but we are the continuation of the book of Acts. Think about that. What chapter are you writing right now in your life? Come on, that's good news. Something's going on on the inside of you. You are destined and called to be a believer, to be a follower of the Lord Jesus, to see people come into the kingdom. Come on, we're writing the book of Acts right now. Thank you, Lord, for 2,000 years we've been writing it. What, what's gonna be told about us at Westside? I think it's gonna be great, amen? amen. Okay, so the, the, the short rundown to how we get to Acts chapter 10, verse 44, is that Peter was asked by the Lord to go to a Gentile's house in another town, and Jewish people do not do that. From their religious standpoint, they don't hang out with other people. They're, it was considered unclean at the time. That was under the old law. Now we're under a new covenant. So now... What the Lord has called clean, we don't call unclean. And Peter had this little discussion with the Lord, right, in a vision. But then the Lord said, there's two people waiting for you. You need to go with them. And he said, okay. Two people showed up right when he heard that. And he went with them. So he went to Cornelius' house. And Cornelius loved God. He loved the word, but he didn't didn't understand much about it. He was a Gentile. He wasn't uh, privy to the new covenant and what was going on. That's why the Lord sent Peter to him. So Peter came to Cornelius' house at Cornelius' request. And when Peter showed up, he started to preach the gospel. He started to tell him about Jesus and how he was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world, that he was the ultimate sacrifice and he laid down his life for us and shed his blood so that we wouldn't have to. And while he's still preaching the gospel, they opened their hearts to the Lord and gave it to the Lord. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit fell upon them. And Peter was like, what? Because what he heard was that Gentiles, Gentiles were now filled with the Spirit and speaking in other tongues. And he said, truly now I know that the Lord shows no partiality, right, between the Jew and the Greek, for Jesus died for everyone. Come on, that's good news. That means if you aren't born from Jewish heritage, you can be born from any heritage, and you can be born again, filled with the Spirit. And that was Peter's revelation. The Lord was getting that to him. But he saw it happen without him even praying for it because they were just like, Lord, give me everything you got. Fill me to the full. And the Holy Spirit came on and filled them all. And they spoke in other tongues and glorified and magnified God. Come on, that's good news. Amen. In that Acts chapter 8 where, where um, we saw Simon seeing that. He, the, Holy, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit came on them. And they received the Holy Spirit. Now there's this, there's this whole thing about receiving. Right? Receiving has to happen as a matter of the will. Did you know that? So, like, when we're going to, if we're going to receive something, it's like football players. Football players have, like, quarterbacks and receivers, and basically they practice all the time. They practice all the time. And they could easily just stand here all day in warm-ups 
and just throw the ball back and forth, right? If he doesn't receive it, it's just gonna fly right by him, right? We could do this for a long, long time. He and I, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, right? Long time. But listen to me. The enemy is never gonna fight you on your past victories because you already won. You already proved God's word right. He, the enemy is gonna fight you on your future battles. Did you know that? And a smart enemy gets in the way, right? So if, if Isaac's defending and I'm just doing the same thing, guess what? Defended. We get to see this in football all the time. If the receiver just goes there and stands, that's like a defender's like, best case scenario. Beautiful. Don't move. I'll just wait here. True? And if I, every time I throw to him, I just don't even regard the defender, right? It's not getting through. But listen, this represents, this wonderful Seahawks football represents all the stuff that you guys have already put in your banks. Like this, this is stuff I already got. This, I've got this. I've used this. I understand this. This is something I could play catch with back and forth with just, just all day long, me and Jesus. Nobody's gonna take me off of this. You can't take me away from this. This is what I believe about who I am and what God's done for me and Jesus shed blood. Yep, that ain't gonna change ever. That's easy. That's easy. However... You come to church where they're teaching you some stuff you hadn't heard before and you get presented with new information. A little brighter than you're used to. A little more colorful. A little outside of your box. And you're like, well, I don't know about that. But guess what? The defender is gonna stand in the way of that. The enemy wants to knock the pass down before you even get it. See, I know, I know by fact, me teaching this right now, some of you guys are like, boy, how did I end up here this morning? Good night, nurse. How could this even be? And I'm teaching you from the word and the enemy's standing in the way and he's trying to knock this down. And guess what? He, he will be successful if we just stay put. Is that true? At some point, we're gonna have to recognize this is new information for me. And if I don't get off the spot I'm standing in and be open for what God's trying to do in me, there's gonna be a fight all the time, all the time. And then you're just gonna get open, right? And the defender can't do anything about it. Anything about it at all. Is that true? So we, can just, we, can't, we can't stay stuck. We have to be, able, be willing to move. Okay, Lord, teach me something new. If this is new and I need to have it, put it in me. True? In warfare, come on, guys, in warfare, when you're battling an enemy, yes, there's, there's shots fired and battles that go on, but a, but a good leader, a good general will see a long-term battle and understand that if I can outlast, if I can outlast the other side, we win. And what do they do to do that? They cut off the supply chain. Anything that's going to be supplied, they cut it off. If you cut off the other side's supplies, they will wear out. And that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to cut us off. He wants to cut off this supply chain. He doesn't want me to teach this from the word. You understand that? The enemy's trying desperately to keep this out of your hands because he knows, he knows when you get a revelation of this, and you yield to the Spirit of God, you're, he's in trouble. He's in big trouble. Come on, I've won battles I didn't even know about just because I was prompted on the inside to pray in the Spirit. And then you just know on the inside, like you were praying over something that was, two, two weeks ago, you were praying over this right here. Just something on the inside, like that, that's exactly what that was. The Lord just drops in your spirit. You were praying over that two weeks ago. And this is the outcome. And it's better than what you thought praying in the spirit. It, we're destined for it. It's who we are. Okay. 
Those scriptures in Acts, I point out specifically because the Bible clearly says they were all filled with the Spirit and spoke in other tongues. It, didn't, it did not say five or six of them got it, ten didn't, this handful got it, these guys didn't. It didn't say that not one time. It said they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. So we need to make the distinction scripturally and understanding what, what scripture says is that a believer baptized in the Holy Spirit can speak in other tongues as a personal and private prayer language. Amen. You can have that for yourself. Now there's another gift of tongues and the Bible talks about it in Corinthians. We're gonna look at it. That talks about diversity of tongues or varying tongues where we do that in a public setting and there has to be an interpretation of it. Right. He, the Bible clearly says, Paul wrote to us and said, don't do it unless there's an interpreter. Because it's chaotic. In a setting like this, I could pray in the, in the Spirit and I would be building myself up, but you wouldn't get anything out of it. Right. Our understanding is unfruitful. Right. Amen? That's why Paul said, I'd rather speak 10,000 words in English, right? Than, or five in English rather than 10,000 in an unknown tongue because you'll understand the five words I said, yeah. right? In the public setting, when he's teaching, when he's exhorting, when he's encouraging, when he's sharing the gospel. Does that make sense? All right. Yeah. <laughs> You guys okay? <clears throat> I remember getting teased when I was in junior high because, you know, growing up, uh, got filled with the Spirit when I was like 12. And, uh, you know, like anybody else, especially when you're in junior high, the first thing you do when you get filled with the Spirit and you hear yourself speak in other tongues, you're, you're praying it out and you're like, wow, this is, is the enemy comes right, right alongside and goes, you're just making that up. You don't have anything. That's the first thing he does. First thing he does, and I mean it happens over and over, so much so that when I pray for somebody to be filled with the Spirit, I will tell them, guess what you're gonna hear? Because <laughs> he's just gonna come and he's gonna try to lie to you and try to get you to stop because he knows if he can cut off the supply chain, he has now weakened you. So I'm telling you, I'm 12 years old. I'm already kind of wrestling with this, but I know something's different on the inside. Something has changed for me. And I'm going to a Christian school, and I'm, these kids all around me are taught all kinds of different ways than I am. And I remember it, the subject coming up, and I was just very matter-of-fact, like, yeah, I got filled with the Spirit. It's pretty cool. And I got teased, teased by Christians. And they used this scripture that we'll see in Corinthians. It says that <clears throat> when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will vanish away. If there is knowledge, it will vanish away. If there is tongues, they will cease. If there's prophecy, it'll be gone. And they say, see, it says tongues will cease. But the Bible is clear in that scripture that when Jesus comes back, that's what, what is perfect has come. And we'll get to see that. And so as a 12-year-old, I had to figure out like, Okay, it doesn't matter what other people think. I know what I have. I know what the word says. This is, I'm all in. I'm all in. Amen? Amen? Okay. Acts chapter 12. What does that say? 10.30? I got a half an hour? <laughs> uh, I'm just teasing you guys. Everybody calm down. You're going to get lunch. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. All right. 1 Corinthians 12. Thank you, Lord. Okay, let's look at a couple things. You guys doing okay? All right, 1 Corinthians 12. Um, let's go with verse one. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away by these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And he said, there are diversities. 
There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are diversities of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. Now look at this. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For one is given the word of wisdom. Now right here he starts going into the nine gifts of the Spirit that are meant for the body of Christ to edify and help and encourage the body of Christ. Okay? These are, these are gifts that we are given. Now watch this. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another, it's very important to recognize that, to another the interpretation of tongues. But, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Now this scripture is used over and over and over again to say that speaking in tongues is only for individuals as the Holy Spirit wills. And there's truth to that in the fact that in the ministry gifts in this setting, that's exactly how it works. Because not all of us have the same gifts. The Holy Spirit will distribute to one gifts of miracles, gifts of faith, uh, special faith. He'll, he'll give one a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge. One to speak in tongues, diverse. The Bible says diverse or varied kinds of tongues with an interpretation. It's meant for us in the church as an edification of the body. But it is not referencing here the personal gift of being filled with the Spirit and speaking in other tongues. They're, complete, they're, they're similar and yet different. Does that make sense? Like driving a car is similar to driving a truck, but they're different. They're different uses, different functions. Does that make sense? You can't be filled uh, with the Spirit. You need to be filled with the Spirit and, to, and speak in other tongues to operate in the gift of speaking in other tongues in a church setting like this. But they are not the same. And we combine them, we get confused in Scripture. They're very different. If that was the case, if this was the case where, where you can only speak in tongues as the Holy Spirit wills in a setting like this, then we would not have seen in Acts where all 120 got filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke in other tongues. We would not have seen in, in Acts chapter 8 where, they, where everyone that was laid hands on got filled with the Holy Spirit. We would not have seen in Acts chapter 10 when all of Cornelius' household, the Holy Spirit fell and they all spoke in other tongues and magnified God. We would not have seen in Acts chapter 19 where all 12 of the people that Paul was addressing and said, have you, been, have you received the Holy Spirit? They all got filled and spoke in other tongues. Just by math, we would have seen a fraction set aside. Does that make sense? Bible is clear when it says they all received, but we have to receive. And if we stay in the same spot and we just kept, keep catching the same stuff we've already known, the same stuff we've already banked, right? It's good. We need to refresh and review on that. But if we're never willing and open to say, okay, Lord, do I need to move here? Do I need to step out of the way of the defender? Do I need to get open? If we're not willing to do that, then guess what? The enemy's going to just keep swatting that baby down, knocking it out of the air. I'm throwing you a lollipop today. This baby is a peach. It's just floating up there. All you got to do is grab it. Amen? And I mean, if we just had a show of hands of people that had uh, received it first time, had waited years, had I'm, hands all over the place, filled with the Spirit, speaking in other tongues, magnifying God. It's meant for the whole church. I'm telling you the truth. I'm not just talking theory. I've experienced this. I've experienced this. Every single person that I've seen open and willing receive the Holy Spirit has in one form or time ha has received and spoken in other tongues. Sometimes it's a day, sometimes it's five minutes, sometimes it's a couple of months. I'm telling you, it happens. When you're hungry for the things of God, he will fill you. This is meant for the whole church. It is such a huge benefit. I can't even express in words at the moment how huge a benefit it is to be able to pray in other tongues. 
to pray in the Spirit. When you just, God, I don't, I don't know how to pray, pray in the Spirit. I can't tell you the times that I've just been driving down the road and just felt prompted on the inside, you need to pray in the Spirit. No idea why. Just the Spirit of God come up, pray in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit. I just know, I just know, I just start praying, I just start praying. Just start praying. Lord, I know this is affecting exactly what you need done right now, and I'm agreeing with you, and I'm yielding myself to you to, be, to pray in the Spirit. Come on, testimonies all over. This is what it's meant for, so that we can affect change when we don't know what's going on. The Spirit of God prays in and through us into the situation because prayer works and prayer matters. If it didn't matter, Paul wouldn't have said, pray always with all kinds of prayer. He would have never said it. He's saying, pray, pray, pray. This is one of the tools we have where we can pray and we can pray consistently and pray in the spirit. Come on now. Thank you, Lord. He's helping us. Okay, turn, turn over to chapter 13. You doing okay? I got a couple more minutes. The love chapter. The love chapter. Dr. Love chapter. Okay. Love never fails. Verse eight. This is that scripture I was telling you about where love, love never fails in verse eight. But where there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. That's the scripture right there. But he's specifically talking about Jesus coming back, not the scripture. This is, this is God's word and it is for us. But guess what? <clears throat> this was still being written when this was being said. Amen? Come on now. The word is good, but Jesus is the one because knowledge hasn't vanished away and prophecy hasn't vanished away. So why would tongues cease? It'll all happen at the same time when Jesus shows up. It'll all happen. Amen? Okay. Verse, or chapter 14, verse one. He said, pursue love, desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Now here's where he's starting to explain it right here. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Come on, he's not chastising him for speaking in tongues. He's saying when you speak in tongues, you're not speaking to men, you're speaking to God and you're speaking mysteries. What does that mean? It means it's a mystery to you. You don't understand it all, right? You don't understand it all. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. What? What? How can that be? Isn't that selfish? <laughs> Not according to scripture. He says, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. This is where the church has gotten off course right here. Because you see, speaking in tongues, that just edifies yourself. That's selfish. We shouldn't do that. That's not what he said. He just said it's not beneficial in the group unless there's interpreter. He's not saying don't do it. He's just saying you're building up yourself. Hold your finger there and turn over to Jude. Jude chapter 20, little tiny, 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 tiny book. Doesn't even have chapters, just verses. That's why I said Jude 20. He says this, Jude 20, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God. Building yourselves up, really? This is meant for us. It's beneficial to us. It helps us. It builds up our spirit. Come on, you need a strong spirit. Did you know that? Anybody eat today? Planning on eating today? How about yesterday? Did you eat yesterday? Come on, this is, gives us strength. This is what helps us have energy and nourishment. Your spirit needs the word and your spirit needs to pray in the spirit because it says right here, 
Beloved, build yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Praying in the Holy Spirit. True? We got to pray in the Spirit. Now, from Scripture, we can understand that there's things we can pray for in the Spirit, and we can get unction from the Spirit of God and pray those out in our known tongue. Things that we could not have known that he brought up on the inside. But we also pray in an unknown tongue things that we do not know. Because the Bible says when we speak in a tongue, our understanding is unfruitful, and yet our spirit is edified. It's meant for the whole church, guys. I mean, I'm not making this stuff up. This is right here. It's plain. You, you got to have a theologian to misunderstand this. Somebody with a PhD with a whole bunch of letters after their name to explain it in a way that it does not come out and say, I need this. Man, this is such a beneficial thing for the church. And I'm getting lots of nods because there have been plenty of you that were, were raised in, in denominations and churches and religions where it was just said, leave that one alone. I know ministers that were told when they left their home to go to Bible school said that their pastors told them, you be careful of that Holy Spirit stuff. What? Be careful of the Holy Spirit stuff as if he's some, someone to be afraid of or lurk around or, whoa, what about that? <laughs> the Holy Spirit has our best interest in heart to the full. Man, he wants us full of the Spirit. Yeah? Thank you, Lord. Okay. Chapter 14. Verse five, Paul, I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. Why would he say that? Because he's talking to a group of people just like we're talking to a group of people. People that from all different types and thoughts and backgrounds and they're thinking, mm, I don't know, I'm gonna wait, let's see. I, don't, I, was, I, always heard, I always heard that that wasn't for today or it, it died with the apostles or it was from the devil. People have actually taught the Holy Spirit speaking in other tongues is from the devil and we're just staying right in our lane. Just throwing just throw the, right where we believe. But the Lord's trying to break us out, get us open, get us to move a little bit, amen? amen? He said, I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied, for he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongue. Why? Unless he interprets that the church may be edified. He's not saying that it's a weaker gift. He's saying that the church doesn't get edified when you pray in the spirit. But if there's an interpreter, there's somebody that will pray in the Spirit and, and someone will interpret in English so that everybody can understand, then prophecy and speaking in tongues is on the same level. Again, it comes back to these gifts. It comes back to these gifts. He's making the distinction. Personal versus gifting of the Spirit. Back and forth, back and forth. Paul said, I pray in tongues more than you all. Why would he say that? He got filled with the Spirit in Acts chapter nine. Ananias put his hands on him, received the Holy Spirit. He received it. How do we know? Because Paul said, I pray in tongues more than you all. It follows scripture over and over again. They got filled with the Holy Spirit. They spoke in other tongues. Now listen, if, you've been, if you asked for it, I said this earlier, if you asked for it, and you asked to receive the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit absolutely honors that request. He said, if you ask anything according to my will, you have it. True? So it's in there. So what do we do with that? And come on, the Bible says that they laid hands on them and in other occasions, they were just there, open and willing and the Holy Spirit fell. You can get filled with the Spirit in your closet at home, in the car ride home. You can get filled with the Spirit in church up front. I'm gonna give you an opportunity to do that. I'm telling you, we have a super, super high success rate of seeing people get filled with the Spirit and speak in other tongues. Why? Because we're open to it. We're open to it. Yeah? 
So I'm going to give you guys an opportunity. Man, if this is something like this is resonating on the inside, I want to be filled with the Spirit of God. I want to be able to pray mysteries. I want to be able to pray the perfect will of God. I want to be able to speak in an unknown tongue and let God use me to affect change in the earth, not just for me, but for others. This is God's design. It's his plan. It's his purpose. And it just comes right back to the battle for your mouth. There's a battle for your words. Anybody ever smash your finger? Boy, there's a battle for your words, right? Lord Jesus, my go-to's pajama pants. I mean, that's just, it just comes out, and my kids are like, pajama pants? And like, I can't say anything else. Pajama pants, right? You guys, something's got to come out, and it better not be bad. When your kids, your kids are watching you. There's a battle for your words, amen? And it's true across the board. The enemy will fight this message. I'm telling you, he will fight this message because he knows what it will do against him. You are getting supplied from the king. Come on now. Come on now. Several of you just recently, with like in the last month, got filled. Several of our church body just said, I'm ready. Come on, give it all. And the Lord is like, absolutely. Come on, this isn't 20 years ago. This is like this month. It snowed, and people got filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke in other tongues. <laughs> September, baby. It can happen to you if you're open and willing. He will not make you speak. You have to yield to him. You guys okay? So here's what I'm going to do. Um, I'm going to pray for you, and um, I'm going to ask Dan and Leslie to come and my dad to come uh, after the prayer, and we're going to be down front. You want to get filled with the Spirit? Jeff and Marnie, if you guys are available, if you want to get filled with the Spirit, come to any one of us. We'll lay hands on you that you'll receive the Holy Spirit right out of the Bible. Guess what? It works just like this. And you'll get filled with the Spirit. I'm telling you, we've seen it over and over and over again. If you want this, if you want to be a part of this, if you want to step into this baptism, this is the third baptism that the, that the word prophesied and promised that the Holy Spirit would come in and flow in us. If you want this, it's available to you today. It's up to you, right? There's no condemnation either way, right? You guys, you gotta be led by your spirit, but I'm telling you, it's for everybody. And if you want it, this is your day, amen? Will you stand with me? Let me pray for you.